Coming up on Hands on Mac, I, Micah Sargent, am giving you a tour of macOS Ventura, the next version of macOS. And you have got to check this out. This is Twit. It's time for Hands on Mac. Welcome back. I am Micah Sargent, and I am pumped to be telling you about macOS Ventura. Of course, uh, a few episodes ago, I walked you through the process of installing, well, first getting access to, and then installing the public betas of the various operating system that Apple has. And now it is time to take a look at the new version of macOS. Now, it's important to note that there are loads of new features that are available in macOS Ventura. And we aren't going to be looking at all of them. Uh, there is a website that you can go to that I'll link in the show notes that has all of the information for where uh, you can see every single new line item feature that's available on macOS. But I just wanted to cover uh, the highlights, the things that people are really wanting to learn about and uh, understand how they work. So let's head over to my Mac so we can take a look at macOS Ventura. All right, so here on my Mac, you can see I've got some different apps open, and this may look familiar to you. That's because uh, the this version of macOS doesn't look too visually different. Uh, much of it is still the same. But one of the new features, and the reason why I have all of these apps open, is called Stage Manager. And this is a new feature that's available on both iPad OS and on Mac OS. And it is a new way of looking at the files, folders, windows that you have open on the Mac and being able to kind of shuffle between them. So what we do is we go up to the control panel uh, in the top right, which you can see there are little toggle icons there in the menu bar. You click on that and then you choose to open stage manager. Then stage manager is open. So I'm going to click it off so you can kind of see the difference. Uh, we'll turn that off. All of my windows are all there and sort of layered. And when I turn it on, they go to the side. So stage manager is this system that lets you see what open apps you have and what windows you have open right there in the side of the, uh, the, the, the window that you're on. So think of it kind of it's a little bit like the dock, but with a little bit more information. So I've got my dock on the left. I'm a left dock person. And I can switch between these different views. So if I wanted to use Apple Configurator, I could have that open and have uh, Safari over there on the side. If I wanted to uh, switch over to the Feedback Assistant app, I could do that. And here you can see I've got Finder and Text Edit. If I were to click on this, it will actually show me these two windows at the same time. I've got the Text Edit document here with the window uh, for applications. I can take and drag this text edit menu and move it into a different version. Uh, so I could drop that in with Safari if I wanted to uh, there and be able to have, there we go, uh, text edit right there with the Safari menu. So this is great if I you know, am regularly trying to do uh, note taking where I want to have these two layered side by side. And anytime that I wanna turn off stage manager, I can simply uh, tap on stage manager in the control panel and turn that off. And I can also hide recent apps. So if there aren't apps that you know I'm wanting to have as part of this menu, I can easily just uh, turn that off, but I'll leave that on. 
on. I will, however, turn Stage Manager off because while Stage Manager is a cool new feature and I imagine some people are really going to like it, particularly if they're moving between their iPad and their Mac, it's not a feature for me. Um, I am used to, well, doing things the way that I've done them for a really long time. And so Stage Manager is a feature that uh, doesn't quite make sense to my mind, but that's okay. It's okay if it doesn't for if it doesn't work for you. Now, the next feature that I want to talk about, this is a biggie. Um, this is a system that plays on the continuity features inside of your various Apple operating systems. Continuity is this blanket term that means if I'm logged in on the same iCloud account across all of my devices, they will all communicate with one another and be able to uh, sort of interact with one another. It's the way that you can take a, uh, if you have an app open on your uh, iPhone and you walk up to your Mac and there a little icon appears at the bottom of the Mac and you can click on that and it'll automatically open whatever page you're viewing on your iPhone right there on your Mac. That's continuity. That I can copy text on my iPhone or copy text on my Mac and then paste it to my iPad or paste it to the iPhone or whichever way you want to go. That's continuity, uh, a feature called a universal clipboard, the ability to import photos from your iPhone uh, in live uh, play right there by simply right-clicking inside of a text document or inside of a uh, Word document, uh, like pages, is continuity. And the latest feature is one called continuity camera. And this feature lets you use your iPhone camera as a webcam for your Mac, whether it's plugged in or not. I currently have a cord plugged in, but it's not plugged in on the other side. So we're going to put this to the side so that I can show you how this works. So I'm going to command space to launch FaceTime here. We'll open up FaceTime. And you can see, uh, if we switch over to my Mac, that I am currently using the webcam that's built right into this MacBook. But I want to use the iPhone camera. So I'm going to go up to video and I'm going to choose iPhone 13 Pro Max, and then you're going to see the camera change, and now I am actually using, and here we'll switch so you can see uh, on screen, I am actually using my iPhone as the camera for my Mac. And I remind you, this is happening wirelessly. So I've got some options too because of the quality camera that is built into the iPhone. I can go up to control panel and I can go into video effects and I can actually make some changes including center stage, which is a feature that lets me uh, use the ultra wide camera on the iPhone to kind of, kind of keep me in the center of the frame no matter where I happen to move. So I'm actually gonna take my head and kind of move it over and you will see that the camera slowly adjusts to try to keep me in the frame as I'm moving around. I'll turn off center stage so you can see normal. And then portrait, which of course is the sort of blurred effect around the outside of the camera view there. And so portrait mode will let you kind of have that nice blur effect. And in some cases it works better than the built-in uh, portrait mode that you'll get in uh, apps like Zoom or Skype. I'll turn that off. And then the last one is studio light. And this dims the background ever so slightly and brightens your face. So you can see when I turned off, the background gets brighter. When I turn it back on, the background gets darker. And it's also making some adjustments to my face live to give it a little bit more brightness using that. So if you're in a room with poor lighting, that can really help. The last one is called Desk View. 
And this is a feature that uses the ultra-wide camera built into the iPhone, once again, if you've got a camera that has an ultra-wide uh, lens, and it will let you see or show what's on your desk as you're using the webcam. So I'm going to click on this again. I'd love to that you can see the percentage of battery right there as you are using it. So I'm going to click on this again because I don't have my iPhone plugged in. If it was plugged in, then it could pull battery from that. And I also want to note that you can use the microphone that's built into your Mac just fine. But if you'd like, you can also use the microphone that's built into the iPhone. So if I choose mic mode, uh, you can see there's standard and voice isolation, which is a feature that's built into FaceTime. But here in FaceTime, if I choose video, the microphone option lets me choose the system setting, which is currently the MacBook microphone, or I can choose the iPhone 13 Pro Max microphone and be able to access that. So I'm going to switch this back to the FaceTime HD camera that's built into the MacBook and uh, put down my phone now that that is done. And I was able to show you a continuity camera. Um, the next set of features that I want to talk about is kind of an update to the system. So we are used to, any of us who've used a Mac for a long time, are used to system preferences. That is the uh, the little gear icon that I keep in my dock uh, that some people go to when they need to access settings. That has been changed from system preferences in macOS Ventura. It is now called system settings. And immediately when you pop into it, you'll notice that it looks a lot different. Yes, system settings is more akin to the settings that you find on an iPad or an iPhone. Uh, on the left, you've got your normal menus here, and you can pop into each different area and access, you know, your notifications, uh, your focus modes if you have those set up, and of course, your general settings. Uh, and each of these is going to have the information that you need to access different parts of the system. So it's just like uh, the system preferences of yesteryear in terms of all of the settings that you're able to access. Apple has just updated it to bring it more in line with what uh, we see on our other devices to give you the ability to make some adjustments uh, and kind of be used to how that works across different uh, operating systems. So again, for some people, I imagine this is going to be a bit of a change. It's called system settings now. It's not called preferences. That's already kind of something that'll have people going, whoa, but uh, also the features within it are, are still the same. They just might be in new places. Uh, there are also some new apps on macOS Ventura that I'm very excited about. The first one is Clock, and the second one is Weather. So yes, up to this point, there hasn't been a Clock app on the Mac and now there is. So you can easily see world clock to know different times and different places and add those. It looks a lot like clock on the iPad, which is no surprise, uh, given the sort of convergence of the different operating systems. Uh, alarms that you can set up here. So I can easily set an alarm for 7 o'clock a.m. on a Monday and call it wake up and give it a, a sound and a, the opportunity to snooze it if I want to. Now, every Monday, this would go off. I'm going to delete that alarm so that I don't have that going off. Uh, stopwatch as you're used to and timer as well as you're used to right there in macOS. And it has uh, all of those settings right there, as well as the ability to change to an analog stopwatch if you'd like to. 
Um, and I'll close out of that. The other one, as I mentioned, is weather. Yes, weather is now in macOS. Uh, this is a this is a an app that, of course, has been available forever on iOS, but to see it on Mac is very exciting. It's got all sorts of information, including a 10-day forecast, air quality measurements, precipitation. Uh, forecast if you do have rain coming up or some other form of precipitation all sorts of information is right here and available inside and i love too that it's got these nice uh these nice sort of wallpapery style graphics that play in the background and if i switch between locations uh then it can show me what it's like ooh like in new york where it's sunny barely cloudy and 90 degree uh weather there and then you can also uh, go in and make changes to adding uh, locations if you'd like to and uh, check out the other places that are available. Lots of good stuff right there in the weather app. And so exciting that there's now a weather app on your Mac, which, of course, has uh, the built-in widgets that you can access from that sidebar that'll pop up on the side uh, right here and give you information there. I wanted to mention, too, that the Home app, uh, for those of you who use HomeKit uh, applications, you can launch the Home app and check out the new design, uh, which features um, a, a difference in the methods for controlling the applications that you, the, the rather the accessories that you have. So you have your favorites menu as usual, but you'll notice on the left here, you've got your automations that you can set up, your uh, different categories, so changes to climate and lights, all of your lights all at once, your security options, speakers, everything's over there on the left with access to each individual room as well to be able to make adjustments to those as you see fit. So very handy to be able to access uh, everything and it, it's just a new design that I think looks really nice and more clearly shows what you can control at any given time. Outside of that, I did want to mention one other quick feature, which is the ability to use spotlights to do some of the actions that you might do. These are called spotlight quick actions. And these are kind of tasks that you would normally have to go in and make happen where you can just use spotlight, which is, again, that menu that we access by typing command space where spotlight pops up. And I can say, for example, start timer and hit enter, and then it asks me, how long do you want that to be? I will say uh, 30, and then I'll change that to, maybe, I'll change that to minutes, and then tap done. And now, uh, the clock app, if I launch the clock app, is going to have, as you can see, a timer here that I will go ahead and stop. That's just one option. Uh, Apple says you can start focus uh, modes inside of Spotlight. So if you uh, typically turn on Do Not Disturb whenever you're completing tasks, then you can do that with Spotlight. Uh, you can use it to find the name of a song. So if you're listening to something, you can say, what song is this? And you can run shortcuts and actually do quite a bit, create alarms, so on and so forth. It is uh, a nice way to quickly kind of type in tasks that you want to complete without having to hop into individual apps and make those changes there. Okay. Outside of that, a couple of things I wanted to mention that don't have uh, quick and easy kind of references to the whole look and feel. One of those is that this is a system-wide change for iOS, for iPadOS, for macOS. The ability to edit 
and unsend messages. This is a new feature that will be coming to the next versions of Apple's various operating systems that lets you uh, say, hey, look, I uh, sent a message that said, hey, ma'am, and you're actually texting your mom and you know she hates it when you say ma'am in this case. And so you can edit that message and change it to mom instead. Um, I don't have other people who are using the betas of this, so I can't really show those features off. Uh, but if I, uh, if, if you do have friends who are also on the public beta, they would be able to access that as well. And then the ability to essentially, uh, within a few minutes of sending a message, undo that send. If you sent a message and you realize, oh, I didn't mean to send it to that person, or I don't want that message, uh, I want to, you know, sort of redo the whole thing, then you have the ability to say, eh, actually, uh, no, I want to unsend that, start over, and start fresh. There's also iCloud Shared Photo Library. This is the ability to create an entirely new photo library that works just like your own iCloud Photo Library, that synced place that has all of your photos in it. But this one can be shared with up to five other people. So think of it as a family all having the same iCloud account and using that to store photos. So it is your iCloud photo library is a separate thing. You can create a new one that then you give access to other people and you all share photos to that one place. It's a great way if you've got a family that uh, everybody's taking photos and you want to make sure that everybody gets to them. Uh, iCloud photo library, iCloud shared photo library is the place to go uh, to do that. And then we'll uh, hop back to the Mac really quick to look at the system settings. I want to tap accessibility and talk about two new features uh, for the Mac. Uh, one of those is, I believe, under audio. Yes, and it gives you the ability to bring background sounds to the Mac. So we've talked before about background sounds on iOS today. Uh, the, uh, the feature that lets sort of subtle sounds play at all times or during certain times in the background on your iPhone or your iPad when you're using it. So if you work better with kind of a low level sound in the background of maybe white noise or pink noise, or in this case, rain, then you may have turned this on on your iOS devices. But what about on the Mac? Well, yes, that is the place where I get most of my work done. So knowing that this is available now on the Mac is very handy. I can turn on background sounds, which will help to kind of mask that environmental noise that might distract you. This is science too. This isn't just some fun uh, thing. The Your brain, if it has a consistent noise uh, that that's, sits in the background, it does help your brain to focus on that noise and not be as distracted by sudden noises that might come from other places. That's why there is something to folks who sleep with a fan at night or a white noise machine, because it turns out that while we're sleeping, if our brain is focused on that sound, it's less likely that a sudden noise of maybe a partner tripping over something or uh, sounds from the street will actually affect your sleep because your brain has had that, that consistent sound in the background. So, these background sounds are very helpful for folks who uh, have trouble with focus or maybe just work, feel like they work better when they've got sounds on. Uh, there are multiple options, including a balanced noise, bright noise, dark noise, ocean, rain, and stream, which are all downloadable. You can change the volume of it, and then you can also set it so that it will not... Uh, play those sounds whenever your Mac is not in use, which is very handy. Uh, so background sounds may be something that you want to check out for yourself. And then the other one 
is live captions. Yes, this is kind of one of those finally moments. It is still in beta. And of course, this is the public beta. So it's in beta in that way as well. But live captions will let you use your Mac and the on-device intelligence, that's important, the chips that are built into your Mac to display captions across all apps. What does that mean? It means that in all of the apps that you're using, be it FaceTime, be it uh, Netflix in Safari, be it a YouTube video in Safari, uh, be it messages when someone sends you a voice message or you're playing back a video that pops up in messages, wherever you are in your Mac, any sound will have captions added to it that you can see there on screen. So I love this feature. I think this is fantastic. It is something that, of course, is great for folks with uh, low or no hearing, but the ability to just have that running is something that I very much value uh, as a person who, when I can hear and read at the same time, it's more likely that I'm able to kind of have it click in my brain and I go, oh, that's what that person is saying. So having those all come together there with the live captions across the whole system, I think is so important and makes for a more accessible system overall. So as I said, there are loads of new features that are coming to macOS Ventura in the next beta and or in the next version rather and quite a few features that are available across all of the operating systems so we didn't dig into all of those uh, but again that link in the show notes will let you see kind of what else is coming in macOS Ventura but that was a quick look at some of the most important and most exciting features that are coming in the next version of macOS so whether you wait until the fall to get the release version or you go ahead and hop on board with the public beta. Those features are available to you and even more will be coming as Apple continues to work on those throughout the summer. So thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Hands on Mac. Thank you so much for your support. Of course, you're watching this because you are a supporter either uh, through Club Twit or through the subscription to the show directly. And I can't thank you enough for helping make this show a possibility. It means the world to me. It means the world to all of us at Twit. And so thank you for tuning in and I will catch you next Thursday for another episode of Hands on Mac. Goodbye. Listeners of this program get an ad-free version if they're members of Club Twit. $7 a month gives you ad-free versions of all of our shows, plus membership in the Club Twit Discord, a great clubhouse for Twit listeners. And finally, the Twit Plus feed with shows like Stacy's Book Club, The Untitled Linux Show, The Giz Fizz, and more. Go to twit.tv slash club twit. And thanks for your support.